Well, I can't wait to meet our host. I hear this is only one of his beat parties. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Hello and welcome back to True True to Lie. I this is take two. I rarely have a take two, but this is take two because when I started take one, I was trying to clear my nose or my sinus and I started stuttering and then I forgot what I was going to say and then uh, I figured since I just started the episode, I could just restart it. And so this is take two, rare, not that it matters, not that you would know unless I said so. I was just in the shower. Um, I don't even think it's been night. It is 11 p.m., so I'm early. I was trying to think, and I usually don't do back-to-back episodes, you know, one night after the other. You know, I try to wait three to five days sometimes, unless I really have something I want to talk about. Man, my sinuses are going to make me sound nasally. I bet that was pleasant. Let me have some of my tea. I won't say what kind of tea it is because they haven't sent me any free tea yet. Anyway, this episode is off to a roaring start if it's going downhill tumbling on fire. I was taking a shower and I was thinking, it's I may as well do another episode because... The family's up in Louisville, and so all is quiet in the house, and there's no one to talk to, and I like to talk, and so the conditions are perfect for another episode, but what the hell am I going to do? And I have a list of episodes that I haven't gotten to yet that I've written down a long time ago, and the reason I haven't done them is I just don't find them that appealing, or... Maybe it's just too much to get into. And then I started thinking, and I'm in the shower, and I'm seeing some of my scars and wounds. I've got a nice scab on my left uh, leg near my shin, kind of under the knee, where my grinder in my metal shop while making sculptures, I'm doing some commission work. I'm using a cutting blade on the grinder and it it binded in some metal and shot out of my hand forward, which is where you want it to go when it shoots out of your hand. And it's only done that a few times. I had to get stitches one other time in my arm when that happened years ago. And so it's shooting away from me and I'm thinking, I'm glad it's going that way. I'm wearing shorts and keen shoes with no socks and t-shirt because it's warm weather and that's usually what I wear when I'm working in my metal shop because I've got my my methods down and uh, the cord stops the grinder after it goes about four feet you know the way I've been talking it should have gone 50 feet by now well it shoots forward about three four feet and the cord 
goes taut and stops and swings downward and catches on my table and swings like a pendulum hits something moves left and now it's pendulum mode off the left side of my table very close to my left leg and bank 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 it hits me in my uh just off my shin up high on my lower leg probably four times within an inch wide area and so I've got the scab that looks kind of like a foot, a footprint with a very narrow heel. And um, it didn't cut me deep. I didn't bleed very much. Um, of course, I went inside. I, I grabbed the, I don't know if I unplugged it or just grabbed it. But I turned off the grinder and uh, went inside to clean the wound. And that's when uh, the fam earlier in the week got home from some, from some trip to town. And uh, they were like, there's blood on the floor. Daddy got hurt again. <laughs> and uh, uh, too often a statement. There was just little drops. But it wasn't bad. I didn't need stitches. But seeing it reminded me of uh, my rough and tumble life. And that made me think of my rough and tumble childhood. And that's what I want to talk about. And I don't want to talk, I don't want to say that it was bullying, even though it was. And I'm not going to mention anyone's names. But I will say, I have no regrets. I blame nobody. It was the 1970s. We were kids. Kids are kids. Kids are going to do what they're going to do. Nowadays, it's way different. And being a parent, you can see that it's bad and frown upon it. But in the 70s, it was, it was kind of rough. And I can only imagine what the 60s, 50s, 40s, 30s, going back, when people used to throw fists Adults used to throw fists all the time, and you didn't go to jail for it. it. It was just a thing. You settled it with your fists, or you wrestled around. But in the neighborhood I grew up in, the center of the neighborhood was a 50-acre lake. It had a, a big open area and three fingers that went away from the center of the lake. I lived on the center across the lake. My friend Zeke, I'll call him, lived straight across. We would, as we grew up, we'd hit golf balls back and forth. He and I were the only ones that had a boat with a little motor on it. And we'd roam around the lake and go fishing and have fun. Go back and forth from each other's house. He was two years older than me. Um, he had some friends that were his age. But because I grew up with Zeke, I was always hanging out with Zeke, his gang. And I was usually, if not the youngest, the next to youngest kid in this group of kids. And when it was just me and Zeke, everything was right with the world. He didn't mess with me. He didn't make younger kids fight each other. 
Um, you know, he wasn't, it was when he was with his friends that he would start to show off or they would get into their routines and the younger kids would catch the flack from their shenanigans. Zeke's family had a barn in the neighborhood and in the hayloft, we would make hay forts. And on the far end of the hayloft, we had a basketball goal above the open sliding door, which was a big, huge doorway. You know, maybe six, seven feet wide by six, seven feet tall. And we'd slide the door open because it'd get hot up there in the hayloft, huge hayloft. And we'd play basketball. And the basketball would go out and someone would go climb down the ladder and run out and get the basketball and throw it up to the hayloft. And I was always scared when we played basketball up there in the, in the barn that they were going to push me out of the hayloft. But they never did. So I was always in fear that they would because you never knew what these kids were going to do. One time we were by the lake and they were ramping my little dirt bike, um, bicycle, into the lake and then getting it out. And then uh, Zeke ramped into the lake and wouldn't get it out and said I had to get it out. Well, I lived directly across the lake. It was about 250 yards across the lake to my house, a little less. And I knew my mom in the 70s wouldn't let me get in the lake because everyone's sewer went through a, a like a leaching effect and then ended up in the lake. And so it, if you looked real close around the edges of the lake, you'd see these little weird, clear, wormy growths here and there. And so, you know, people skied in the lake, always skied in the lake. Um, I don't know if they got ringworm or not. I would get in the lake. My mom would see me. She'd yell at me to get out of the lake and make me come home, stuff like that. But uh, Zeke wouldn't get my bike out of the lake, so it's underwater in four feet of water in the lake. And I couldn't get it. And I was just like, man, this stinks. But see, that's not even, you know, I'll get to the story of the worst abuse that I witnessed and was a part of a little bit. But there was another guy named Kurt who was, um, he went to the public school. We went to the private school. And Kurt was over there, and he went down by the boathouse out of the out of sight to pee. And Zeke got his Mountain Dew bottle and peed in the Mountain Dew bottle and then set it back down. And so when uh, Kurt went to drink it, we all started laughing. They never did that to me, and I was younger than all of them. And I guess because I grew up with Zeke from a very young age of being like three. I mean, we knew each other's family even before that. The families knew each other when I was born. But they never made me drink pee <laughs> like they did some other kids. Um, the big incident was the BB gun war. Now, when I was really little, um, Zeke had a Red Rider BB gun. I wasn't old enough to have one. We were really young. And his house was right next to the Natchez Trace. And so we would crawl through the bushes and down into this ditch beside the Natchez Trace with his Red Rider BB gun. And as cars came by, this was the mid-late mid, mid late 70s, as cars came by, we would sh 
shoot the hubcaps, or at least we thought we were shooting their hubcaps with BBs. We would hear a ting every time. Well, we were shooting doors, fenders, wheels, tires, you know, whatever, whatever was in front of that BB when we pulled the trigger. And we were little bitty things in the ditch beside the trace. Later in years, we would go rob duck nests around the lake and get their duck eggs and go to the hill overlooking the trace across from the overlook and wait for someone to come by on a motorcycle and we would throw eggs at them because cars weren't any fun. We wanted to hit people. And so we would throw eggs at people on motorcycles going down the trace. Another awful thing from the childhood. But the infamous BB gun war was me and Zeke. This this kid that lived on the circle I was all named, named Bobby, who, who was older than me, but he got picked on pretty bad because he did stupid stuff and sometimes warranted and, and brought it upon himself. And then um, Luke, who lived up the hill, but not on the same road from Bobby, they would cut lawns together. And Luke was a pretty tough kid. And uh, he liked to fight. And I remember this, this one time, a kid from another neighborhood across Rice Road from us, was walking around our neighborhood, and he was all the way in by the uh, community pool in the middle of the neighborhood on the dam of the Little Lake. And Luke saw him and confronted him and said, what are you doing in our neighborhood? And he said, I'm just walking around. And Luke hauled off and punched him square in the face, right in the nose. And uh, the kid who I went to elementary with, and then he went to another school, he ran home. It was a pretty good run for him, and he was kind of a overweight kid. I don't think he ever came back in our neighborhood, but that was kind of Luke's thing. Luke never hit me. He was always cool to me, too. Actually, I probably wasn't bullied as bad as a lot of other kids, especially out of the neighborhood kids. But the BB gun war was back behind the barn in this sand pit. Really, it was clay. It was just a washout pit. And Alvin was with us. Alvin had a little brother named uh, Mike. All these names are fictitious, by the way. And so everybody had BB guns but me. And so at the top of the wash was Alvin. On the far side of the wash was Luke. On my side, on the high side of the wash, was Zeke. And he had, everybody had pump pellet guns but they were the kind that you could fill the chain with bb's and just you know do do the uh, little cock thing and then pump it and then down in the pit was uh bobby behind uh it looked like what you would call a giant ant mound but it was just a clay mound that so for some reason didn't erode like the rest of the area he was down there in but basically bobby didn't realize that he was in the pit and he was surrounded except for behind him by the other three and so the rules were one pump only don't shoot in the face or the head and so everybody gets in place and I'm laying down on the ground laying low where I can just barely see over the edge down to the pit and they say go and what I didn't realize what they all 
decided that they were just going to shoot at Bobby down in the pit. And I couldn't tell what Alan, oops, what Alvin was doing as far as how many times he was pumping his gun, but he was shooting at Bobby. Across the way was Luke. He was pumping it more than once and shooting at Robbie. And then Zeke, right in front of me, is pumping it three, four, five times and shooting BBs at, at Bobby. And Bobby's just down there looking like he's getting attacked by bees. He's like, ow, ow, trying to shoot. Ow, ow, trying to shoot and yelling. Come on, it did not last very long. And then he started yelling and complaining. And he climbed out of there and everybody came back over. And so we're back on the near side of the pit, back in the grass where the trail leads back to the barn. And he's cussing everybody up and down and crying and yelling. And somebody hit him. And I can't remember who it was. I think Zeke hit him in the guts. Or maybe Luke hit him. I think Luke hit him. And then he was on, you know, he was bent over holding his big stomach and, and real upset. He got picked on a lot. And uh, they beat on him a little bit, I think. And then they decided I needed to fight him. And I'm like, no way. And they made me fight him. And so, like, we're like pushing on each other. And he, you know, I'm looking in Bobby's face and he's red faced and wild eyed and, and scared and, and crazed. And he wrestles me to the ground. And so I just instinctively give him an uppercut and hit him right in the bottom of the chin. And he gets off of me and like holds his face and the guys are cheering me on. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Next thing I know, the right hook comes and it didn't lay me out, but he hit me hard and made me flow to the right. And Zeke got mad that he hit me like that so hard. And so I'm crying. I'm a little kid. We were kids. They were a little older than me. You know, they were preteens, I guess. And they start beating on him, and I think they hurt him, like broke his ribs or something. It was it was ugly. And I heard he had to go to the hospital for just to get checked up on. And I really don't think they lived in the neighborhood much longer after that. And I know later in life, the other three felt bad about how they treated some of the kids. Cause I remember seeing hearing them or at least one of them r remark about, you know, that, you know, if, if God f could forgive them, I don't know how, exactly. I can't paraphrase even what they said, but I know that, that they held remorse on how they, how they uh, treated some people and maybe even wondered about how bad they had treated me. But I just, I, I told him, and really the only one I see is, is Zeke. And I told him, man, we were kids. We were kids growing up. It's just, it made me tough, and it did. Um, we had a clubhouse at the barn in one of the other buildings there, all 10 
shed buildings. And uh, in our clubhouse, we had a radio. I remember the song that kept coming on the radio was Queen of Hearts, playing with the Queen of Hearts. Um, and to be in the club, you had to get paddled. And Zeke had made a paddle. And so everybody else said they'd been paddled or paddled each other. And if I wanted to be in the club, I had to get paddled. And so I was like, okay. I let them all paddle me. And man, <laughs> they paddled me as hard as Coach DeWeese would paddle us at MRA. And I cried, but I was like, it was like tears of joy because now I was in. I don't even know if any of them even got paddled or paddled each other. They paddled me. Um, let's see, another time on the far side of the neighborhood, Zeke made me and Alvin's younger brother fight each other. And uh, we didn't know how to fight. And we were just kind of pushing and rolling around. And um, I got I got a little brother on the ground and started beating him in the back. And I just punched him in the back because, like, I wouldn't I wouldn't punch him. And so Zeke hit me in the stomach. <laughs> and so I was like, well, I'd rather be hitting this kid than, than Zeke hitting me. And so I started hitting. Uh, was it Mark? Did I say his name was Mark? I'm not sure, but it was Alvin's little brother who was a year younger than me, and Alvin was a year older than me, or two years. And um, he never hit me, but I I know I was hitting little Mark until he threw up, and then I stopped, and then I then we were both crying. <laughs> so there was lots of crying going on, but we were little kids getting bullied, you know, and I can see millennials now saying how awful, how violent, how horrible you know they should get beaten up now or whatever no that's just not how it was it was the 1970s it was ramping your bike and busting your knees and getting scrapes on your palms of your hands and falling out of trees <laughs> and, and just you know it was that's just how it was I remember one time we were sitting in Zeke's living room and he was playing with a BB gun and he pumped it and put it to my back and pulled the trigger thinking it was just air, but there was a pellet in it. And thank God it was left of my spine, but it left a bruise on my back, just an inch to the left of my spine. And uh, it hurt, of course. Um, we used to jump off their boathouse into the, into the inlet there on their side of the lake. And I never got pushed off the boathouse. The boathouse always had snakes in it. And not just water snakes, but water moccasins. That lake we lived on, up until the mid-80s, we were riding around the edges of the lake with our BB guns, pellet guns, really, shooting snakes until we had killed off the water moccasins. Because there was... I mean, we would, we would find water moccasins six feet long when we were little. And when we were kids and we, you know, before we were in the city limits, the older kids were shooting shotguns on the lake. But then we got pulled into the city limits. How long have I gone? 23 on the bully. Bully, bully. Um, never got bullied at deer camp. We would have gourd wars while all the uh, parents cooked deer meat and drank whiskey and beer. 
where you go out into the field, cotton fields and soybean fields around the camp and find the gourds that grew during the summer and throw them at each other. And when they hit your head, they would bust and seeds would go everywhere. But it didn't hurt. It was a lot of fun. Um, other moments of youth violence. Okay, I did the bike. The BB gun war. Which I can still see to this day. The fights afterwards. Poor Bobby, man, getting just so abused. I mean, Luke abused him all the time anyway. I mean, you know, they, they cut lawns together as a little business. And, like, Luke would be cutting the grass with a push mower. And Bobby would be, like, cutting <laughs> where the dirt was. And dust and dirt would be going everywhere because he didn't know better. And so then Luke would go over and hit him and say, cut the grass. There's no grass here. You're cutting dirt and putting dust everywhere and choking us out. And Bobby would be like, oh, sorry, and go back to it. <laughs> we used to play football in the Penny's front yard. They had a long front yard with pine trees on the sides of the center of the yard that shaded the whole place out. They had a driveway on one end, that was the end zone, and then past a certain pine tree was the end zone on the far end of the yard. They had a, they had a long yard, like I did, except half of my yard was woods. And so we always played, on that side of the village, all the kids got together and played football in their front yard. And that the Pennies had three kids. An older brother who was older than Zeke. Uh, a sister who was a year older than me. And then a little brother who was two years younger than me. But because he lived just down the street from me, we played together a lot. All summer for years and years and years. And uh, the older brother would get his little brother when he was really little. We'd be all lined up playing football. He had he would he would whisper in little Mike's ear. That's a different Mike. And so Mike would line up across from me, and his big brother would go down, Percy. And when he said Percy, little Mike would hit me in the balls. <laughs> he would hit me in the in the in the nether world region. Sometimes he hit me where it hurt sometimes he'd miss and I couldn't do anything to him because you know his big brother was there and then his big brother's friend who lived near me actually next door to Bobby who I got in a fight with once and he in that yard he hit me in the ear he wasn't a fighter he was tall and lean he was more bookie you know glasses and stuff he hit me in the ear and I busted him in his cheek. I didn't like him growing up. I know him now. I don't see him, but I know him. And I remember, you know, him saying how he whooped me. And I was like, my ear's red. You need to see your face. <laughs> your cheek is busted. And it wasn't cut, but it was deep, dark red where I popped him. I'm not a fighter. And I've never been a good fighter. And I've not hit many people in the face. 
or in general. I mean, when we were made to fight each other when we were kids by the older boys, you know, it was either fight the younger kids, us younger kids, fight each other, or get beat up (laughs) by the older boys. And we didn't want that because they hit hard. Like, I would ride to school with Zeke before I had my driver's license. And just out of nowhere, he would punch the top of my left leg above the knee because that was nearest. He would just frog it with his knuckle. Boom. On the way to school. I'm just like, God dang, you know, why? Why Why would you do that? Um, It's just, you know, the 1970s, the early 1980s, it was a different world. Very different than today. And in a way, I'm kind of glad that that kids aren't that bad. Although, I know it still happens. And I've raised my boy to befriend and take up for the kids who can't or don't take up for themselves or get picked on. And I tell them, if you help these kids out, Whenever you need help, they will be there. And then I joke and say, and you won't be on their death list when they grow up and snap. (laughs) Because you're one of the good guys and not one of the kids that beat them up every Friday night at the baseball field during the Friday night football game. And there's this one kid this happens to. And, you know, he brings it on himself but not enough to where he should be get beat up by kids in his grade. And some kid was sitting on him and punching him. And my boy told me that he uh, saw it and told him to stop and he wouldn't. And so he fly and tackled him off of this other kid and made him stop because it wasn't fair and it wasn't nice. And it makes me so proud that my boy is like that. And it also relieves me that when this boy grows up, because he's marked. He's marked for greatness or he's marked for tragedy or maybe both. You, I can just tell because I've coached him in football and in baseball. And he's gifted and he's different. And, you know, who knows where his trail is going to lead him. But he gets picked on a lot. And I'm glad my boy takes up for him because... Everyone needs a friend, no matter how annoy, annoying they can be. Um, I'm an only child. I, I value a good friend. I value a mediocre friend. <laughs> but that's the way it is, right? Um, maybe, maybe y'all have stories of bullying and abuse growing up. My dad never hit me. I, my mom used to whoop the fire out of me. Wooden spoon, switch, fly swatter, belt, uh, whatever was handy, hand, paper, newspaper, magazine. He would, whatever, like I said, whatever was handy, she would whoop my butt because she was raised getting her butt whooped. And so my dad was not, he never laid a finger on me. Man, he could make me feel guilty though. Son, I'm really disappointed in you. And I would be crushed, crushed. My mom would whoop me, send me to my room. Dad would get home and I'd hear him walking through the house in his business shoes. You know, the shiny 
hard, hard sold business shoes walking through the kitchen and then through the pool room, which had like a uh, wood floor. Pop, 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 slow steps, heel toe, heel toe, heel toe. And then when it, when that noise stopped, it meant he hit the hallway where the carpet started and he was close to my door. And then my door would open and my light was usually out and I was just laying there in fear of my life, even though I knew he would never beat me or whoop me. But he would just have a talk and always give me the sun. I'm really disappointed in you. And then I'd be crushed. <laughs> and I think that's what made, made me, that and being bullied and being able to forgive my bullies and, and still consider them friends and I'd do anything for them. And, they, and, and likewise, there, were, there was... There was, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a scarring thing. You know, there was no scarring going on. But I want y'all to think back. And if you were bullied, forgive your bullies. And if you were a bully, maybe ask for forgiveness. You don't have to. Maybe you can just ask God for forgiveness. Or maybe you can just reach out to one person and say, hey, we were kids, you know. I was a little rough. It might mean a lot to that person. But that's just a suggestion, right? So, stay positive. Be kind, be cool. Um, I've got a new outro song and I can't remember what it was. No, I remember now. So uh, it won't go along with all the last ones I've been doing. Not that it matters. It's just for entertainment, right? Anyway, one love, one soul, one world, one God. One time and one time again, I will ask for peace.
just roll myself up. <laughs> 